Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. In today's podcast, we are talking about things that are changing. What are the best practices you should be looking at when you're doing your internet marketing? Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 46. And today's podcast, we are talking about things that have changed, are changing, and things that you should think about when you're doing your online marketing. Of course, I can't do this podcast by myself. So all the way from very hot, sunny Sydney, down under Heather Porter. Hey, H. Hello, Andrew, and hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for podcast number 46. We're in our 40s. 46. We're nearly at 50. We're going to have a big show for 50, I think. I think so, too. <laughs> hey, um, you know, lots, have been, lots has been happening around the internet world of late. I mean, that's just a standard day. Um, but today's podcast, we're talking about things that are changing and some of the best practices. You know, um, recently I was at an event, I was speaking at an event and somebody said to me, you know what, you know, all these changes, what what's changed as far as best practices go for um, online marketing? And I said, well, that's a great question. There's so many things that are changing. And sometimes we need to go back and relook at what we learned even six months ago because that doesn't work anymore. So that's why we sort of come up with today's topic about things that have changed and best practices that you should be thinking about. Um, and some of them, you know, we we uh, we we're at fault. You know, we we thought it was still the best best practice, and then we've gone and uh, re looked into it and found some results that suggested otherwise. So <laughs> that's what we're doing today. Hey. That is what we're doing today, and um, what's cool about it is because when I'm going to tell you what I learned this week, it really ties in nicely to this topic of best practices. I think this is all, not only were you asked, but we've been bombarded with some questions from our clients this week as far as where, you know, do you have to put a PDF download icon on your site? What do you do with your your emails? What do you do over here, social media? We get so many questions recently that um, one of the big things that I learned this week, hey, Andrew, do you want to know what I learned? <laughs> oh, pray <laughs> hell. Please tell me. <laughs> Heather, what did okay. you learn this week? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. A lot of people don't actually think about this. This um, it, It's the browser issue. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth as we go into our show. But the main thing I learned was this. A lot of issues with web design occur in Explorer, which, you know, Internet Explorer, which is the Microsoft default Explorer given to people that ha are using PCs and, and Windows. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of problems with Explorer because a lot of people are running really old versions. So the thing that I learned this week, I actually went and researched what is the standard, um, I guess, version of Explorer that you're meant to support as a web development, development company, an agency, an internet marketer. Uh -huh. And essentially, it's Internet Explorer 7 and above. And let me just tell you this. Internet 7, by the way, IE7, is seven years old Seven really? years old. Seven years and old. That's amazing. It's crazy. So the thing is, is like 
most people don't even support actually no sorry it's internet eight and above that we should be supporting seven is is actually going out of style really fast uh-huh. and only point six percent of people are using it so really why, absolutely point six percent of ie users of internet explorer users are using internet seven less point than, six. Less, less than one person out of a hundred yeah. is using ie eight and and the, and that how when did ie eight come out IE7, sorry, I'm getting all confused here. IE7 is the one where 0.6%, and that was brought out seven years ago. Right, right. IE8 and above is what people are meant to be using and oh, supporting. Okay. Whoa, okay. So, that, I was going to say, you mean unless one in 100 has updated it to IE8, that would be scary. Yeah, that would be scary. So what does that just simply mean is, is nowadays where we have responsive design, um, which is the websites that shrink to fit your mobile device, a lot of that just doesn't work in IE7 and below. Uh-huh. And the one of the big things that I was learning this week talking to clients is um, always ask when somebody's calling and saying, I'm having problems with your my website or your uh-huh. website. You just ask them what browser they're using. And if they're using, seriously, IE7 and below, then they need to update. <laughs> it's just not yeah. going to be supported anymore. Then, then you need to run for the hills. <laughs> run for the hills. And we'll talk a little bit more about the browser uh, best practices coming up. But um, So to clarify that again, it's IE7 is seven years old and most vendors don't support it and they don't need to support it. Wow. So okay. craziness. Um, now, Andrew, I have a question for you. What did you learn? Well, I'll tell you something. I'm going to go down the Facebook path um, okay. a little bit later today, but but something I did learn on Facebook um, very recently was that you know we have this thing called the news feed, and you post something on your on your Facebook timeline, and you think that it goes to everybody's news feed and that sort of stuff. Well, did you know that um, Facebook your Facebook new uh, users the Facebook news feed that you have filters around about 1500 possible stories when it decides what to put up on your newsfeed. Mm. Um, and the new algorithm that Facebook's got for determining what actually is shown on your, um, on your Facebook page, there's something like one, some ridiculous amount, a hundred thousand different combinations of what it processes before it actually shows up on your, on your newsfeed. So only 20% of those stories that could possibly be on your newsfeed are actually shown on your newsfeed. So no, I, I'm not surprised, and it's frustrating, kind of as well. It is frustrating because sometimes you want to you want to see some newsfeed from certain friends or family or just keep in general. And I know I've got friends um, on Facebook that I've never seen their newsfeed pop up in my stream. Yeah. And I'm like, why haven't I ever seen that before? I just thought maybe because I've got a lot of friends, I have a lot of newsfeed. But it turns out that um, if I haven't interacted with them on Facebook, but I might interact with them on the phone or, you know, in person, I just don't interact with them on Facebook because I don't need to because I'm physically doing it or um, doing it elsewhere. Their, their feeds don't show up on my, on my newsfeed. So I found it interesting that there's that many different, there's only 20% of actual possible newsfeeds that pop up in your, in your stream. Frustrating. So that the what is the thing that we need to take away from this is that you need to remember to engage with people if you want to hear from them in your newsfeed. Yep, yep. Or or you can actually uh, what I'd like to do, if there's certain people that I really want to make sure I see their their um, updates and stuff, I'll favorite them as a as a friend of mine so that I can see their newsfeed because I've got a few marketers that are in my in my feeds. I see what they're doing all the time on Facebook because I want to know what are they doing. So I've I've uh, actually favorited them so that. This, their information pops up, and and I don't want to go too deep down this, but what do you? How do you favorite someone? 
Um, there's a little star next to somebody you can you can just mark as favorite. Um, okay, in their profile. Yep. Good one. And before you were talking about the power of um, using lists as well. So you can always put people into a Facebook list and then sort by that if you want to really stay on top. Yeah, cool. I like it. Good learning. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. So that's what I learned this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, uh, some Facebook stuff too later. So, yeah. Okay. Well, should we get uh, talking about some of the best practices and things that all of you listening should be aware of? If you just follow some of these tips, then you'll be um, right on top of the latest trends, not only with social media, but your website as well and how to actually engage with people online. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So I think the first thing we're going to start talking about is the social media topic. So um, perfect lead in for what you're saying about Facebook. All right. Let's, what's the first item in social media that you find is something that um, is a best practice? Okay, well, um, one of the best practices that, that you hear all the time and you hear from every social media expert out there is saying, oh, you know, you've got to put posts, you've got to put images in your posts to drive engagement and that sort of stuff. But um, what's happening is that everyone's doing it. So there's a whole bunch of photos and images coming into people's posts. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, it's not working like it used to. You know, they're giving you that old information, but now everyone's doing it. It's Everyone's back on a level playing field. So you've got to start thinking about choosing your image carefully. Like you've got to start looking at some of your analytics too. And, and you don't have to get technical. You can look at the number of shares, like what sort of photos are getting shared versus other photos. But, mm-hmm. one, but what's also happening um, and working well for a lot of people is a photo collage. So a... Um, you know, you might, let's say you're doing a, um, let's say it's your business page and you want to put a few images of a product or a service that you offer. Don't just do one photo, but have a, have a collage of different parts of that photo or that product or service so that it starts to intrigue people a little bit more and they want to click on it and find out. Um, some of the, there's some companies out there that are doing that really, really well. So go on. Go I've seen that. I've seen that. So is that when you look at uh, on a face on your Facebook and you're basically seeing one photo that looks like it's divided into sort of three sections perhaps and there's three different versions of, or different perspectives of a certain image? Yeah, yeah. So so you may, let's say for instance um, a restaurant and they might have um, three or four, it's in one image. It's not, it's not a photo album so don't get confused with having yeah. a photo album but it's one picture but it's all small parts of one picture or a breakdown of um, different uh, angles of that particular product. So it's actually you have to have a bit of a, a graphic program, right, to do well, to create something you know, like that. Maybe, I mean, you can do that on, you can do it on, um, on uh, Keynote if you've got a Mac or you can do it on PowerPoint. Um, yeah. You know, put, just drag image. You can even do it on Word. It doesn't matter and save the, save the Word doc as an image file and then upload it that way. So you don't yeah, have perfect. to be fully technical. Um, so that's that's one thing with with images. Um, what else can I tell you about images? There was something else I was going to tell you about images. I'm just trying to remember what, what that was off the top of my head. Um, oh, that's right, that's right. So the other thing is make sure that your image um, is self-explanatory. So sometimes you'll see an image there, and it might be a picture of a shoe with a phone hanging out. It'd be like, what does that really mean? And people have to work hard to work out what that is. They either have to read what you've got um, because you've got space to put in information there 
um, as opposed to a picture that tells the story without having to put too much explanation around it. So those images that have a self-explanatory factor seem to work a lot better than just an image that's random and relying on you to explain it in text above or below the picture. That's cool, actually. That makes me think of a lot of good Pinterest images, like for yes. recipes, where they have an image that literally in two little images can show you how to put together a recipe. And then it, the name of the image is like chocolate s'mores, for example. Exactly. Um, very easy to understand what you're getting and what to do and yeah. to obviously engage with it. Yeah, and I think I think that's part of where the infographic trend came out of. You know, they're like, yeah. it's a photo, an image of something where you can read a few little words in the image, but you understand what that what that means so infographics that have self-explanatory sort of images in it really makes sense and they're the ones that get shared a lot more than infographics that have a whole bunch of words with an irrelevant picture on it okay well said now this next one with social media um it makes me laugh because it happens to me and it really grates on me <laughs> i'm sure it happens to you too and those listening it's the group tagging to get a message out oh yeah and tagging I mean, i've been tagged in women's shoes before and i'm like is that a message to me about something why am i tagged in this bunch of shoes that are on sale in some shop yeah i pet peeve i tell you and it's just not cool it used to be good it used to be a tricky way to get people to look at your post but really the only thing you're doing is driving people nuts and getting them to block you as a as a friend or a, a business and that's the last thing you want to do so if you're out there and you have the ability to tag 100 people in it make sure you're tagging them for the right reasons and don't tag them just because they're your friends <laughs> very uh, well not said cool not cool <laughs> Now, now, what else? Um, you brought something up about cross promotion, so talk a little bit more about oh, that. Oh yeah, well, going back to the photo, going back to the images, but start having a look at what posts are actually working. What are the ones that are getting liked the most? What ones are getting shared the most? What ones are getting the best interaction? And if it's a, if it's a post um, that you think uh, is working well on one channel, feel don't don't be scared to go and use that post on your LinkedIn account. Well, don't get, don't be afraid to make a make it a blog post because if you've got a great post that's being shared on uh, Facebook, then go and share it on your website or your or your blog post, um, and get some interaction moving over that way too. Because um, it's good to have if something's working, then reuse it. Don't try and reinvent the wheel every time you go to a different platform. So steal some of the ideas from your other channels. Yeah, I like to, with that in mind, I like to create the image for a blog post using a tool like PicMonkey that we've mm -hmm. spoken before mm -hmm. and design it in such a way that I don't only, I, I, I can use it in my blog posts, but it's also really good image to use in all my social media platforms. So yeah, I can yeah. just, it's almost like it's commonly branded that message across all platforms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely. So I like that. Definitely. Now, what uh, else do we have? Um, the other, one other thing that's happening, it's, it's popping up. Uh, hashtags, hashtags are yep. new, well, relatively new at Facebook, still new and still a lot of people don't understand them, um, and emoticons too. Now, mm. um, what the, what some studies have recently um, suggested is that posts with uh, emoticons actually receive 52% higher interaction rates and have a 57% higher like rate than ones that don't, which is How pretty bizarre. interesting. So. I personally don't like emoticons. I just think they're... Same. I think they're just silly. But you know what? People are interacting with them. So 
once again, it's going to depend on your audience. You know, if you're a law firm and you're wanting to attract other lawyers to your firm or that sort of thing, maybe emoticons not may not work. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't picture a lawyer putting a little smiley face on all his posts. <laughs> no, I can't either. But um, you know, it's one of those things. Tested if it's working for yeah. some people, it may work for you. Um, don't write it off. Just just measure it, and if it doesn't work, then don't do it. But that's emoticon, so they're working. The other thing is hashtags as well. Um, mm. s- make sure if you're using hashtags, you've got to use them properly. Now, it's it's okay to put in some hashtags that um that are relevant. You, you really want to put hashtags that are relevant to the topic. Don't just make up a hashtag. I've seen sentences that are just hashtags. You know, it'd be like hashtag this, hashtag is, hashtag a, hashtag picture. It just becomes ridiculous. So if you're using a hashtag, use one or two or three maximum. I, uh, that's what I say, three maximum, but make sure that they are relevant to the, to the post or the um, information that you're sharing. Don't go overboard. Yeah, and, and for those of you that are newer to hashtags, it's basically just using the hash or the pound sign um, mm-hmm. before a word or a phrase, and it becomes linkable. So, uh, so you can actually click on it, and then in Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you can um, basically, when you click on it, it sorts every image or every post of people that are also using that same hashtag. So that's why it can get annoying fast, because if you have a whole bunch of random topics in one post, it people are just not going to engage with your post because it's just too scattered fire. So be specific. So exactly on that point, actually, let me, let yeah. me, let me say one thing is that there was a um, recent edge rank. Uh, edge rank is the algorithm. They used to call mm. the algorithm for Facebook. Um, there was a recent one, a recent report. They did a study into um, the organic, not the, the virility, the virality, 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 <laughs> how, how viral a post was with, with when it had, um, hashtags or not. And it found that um, posts with no hashtags were um, a lot more viral than ones that had hashtags. Isn't that interesting? I think still people are kind of questioning hashtags. I think they're natural in the environment of Instagram and Twitter much yeah, more than, I, I, than I, Facebook. You, personally, when you see a post with hashtag, what do you think? I feel, I don't know. I feel somehow it's impersonal in Facebook. Yeah, you know, I, know. I, I, I see it as marketer, marketer, marketer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You know, because who's who's using hashtags? Smart uh, smart marketers. Um, now, this is a generalization, so don't give me a whole bunch of hate mail. Um, <laughs> smart marketers and people that are a little bit savvy, but the general, the general population still don't get it, and they no. see it as, oh, you're too clever for me. This is just my opinion, by the way. Oh, you're too clever for me. I don't get it. I don't like you. <laughs> no, I, I like that you said that because the the thing that people always fail to communicate um, online when they're not having good sales is they're too jargonistic. Like yes. if you're a lawyer yes. or a doctor, internet marketer. That's the yeah. that's the jargon of an internet marketer or I, you, you know, know I, a teenager. I, I, so here's how I, I use hash. The only way I use hashtags is for research. Hardly any of my posts anywhere on Twitter. You can check Twitter out and Facebook. I don't actually use hashtags for, I don't use hashtags very much at all, unless I want to specifically tag something that I want to check later. Um, Mm. I I use it for research. So if I want to find um, hashtag Facebook broken down or something like that, I'll go and use that as a hashtag to find out something. But I I don't use it a lot um, myself for sending out information. 
Yeah. So I, you guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, just come over to autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast and find episode number 46 and let us know what you think about using hashtags. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. So that's hash, hashtag podcast, hashtag episode, hashtag 46, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, all right. So I think um, that that's some of the big things I think that's happening on social platforms some, as far as the way um, I guess one thing I'd like to add into that as well is in LinkedIn, um, when you, a lot of times these days I'm getting a blast, like a blast email from somebody that sends to all their LinkedIn connections that says, come and recommend me, spend a couple minutes. I think a key thing with that is just think etiquette. And if you want to start to build up your recommendations in LinkedIn, go and recommend and give sort of testimonials on other people's pages or profiles first and um, you'll often find that they'll come and reciprocate rather than having to go out and do blanket ask uh, you, you know it's a lot easier friendlier non-intrusive way of getting referrals hey do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you I'm gonna challenge you to a little okay. a little um, test and I'm, I'm gonna okay. do the same thing we'll both do it on our own profiles when uh-huh. you when you get the next couple of people who do that Yes. I want you to message back to them and just ask them how many people actually responded to this. Just as part Good of our enough. survey, tell them, yep. we'll, tell them we'll, we're going to talk about some results about this. We're doing our own study. Find out how many people actually respond to a blanket message like that. I'd love to know how that works for people. I would love to know as well. So consider have it ever, Have you ever responded in no. the info? No, I haven't either. <laughs> Now, no. is that just us? I don't know. Um, I don't Because you and I have so much spare time to do that sort of thing. Um, so, so okay, let's let's say that that's not the answer to do it. What is the best way to do it? Good question. Okay, so we'll find out. And guys, again, let us know what you oh, found I'll out. Tell as well. What I think the best answer is um, is do it first. Go and do it first. As um, I, I agree, said that do it first. Go and offer someone a recommendation first, and then. Um, and then if they reciprocate, great. If they don't, then they don't. But it's don't about it. reciprocity. Absolutely. And one last point on social media before we move on. Um, questions. You had mentioned something about asking more questions perhaps. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, once again, you get those. Uh, the old days was make sure you ask questions on your posts and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the latest. The latest findings on that is, yes, that is still very, very good. But ask it. Ask the question at the end of your post, not at the start. So, for okay. instance, um, if you were saying, uh, if you were asking um, a question like, do you use hashtags, question mark, and then, um, because we find hashtags aren't working for us, and we'd like to know what your opinion would be, whether you use them for Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Now, what with, what, what the studies are finding is that asking the question at the end leaves them with something to do rather than being broken up by um, a question and then information. Makes sense to me because we're all so short-sighted with our attention that, you yeah. know, kind of you, by the end yeah, of you yeah. get to you at the end forgot, of a sentence. You've they ask you a question. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. That's just, that's just a, little, a little tip. Ask questions at the end, not at the start. And this doesn't mean just Facebook. This is all across your different platforms yeah. where you can do that sort nice. of thing. Good one. All now, right. I've got a couple of questions for you because you've been yeah. you've been um, in deep with some uh, website stuff, and I know you found out a few things recently mm. about some of what appears to be the coolest thing on the web, which is not so cool anymore, and that is some of those lovely looking slider 
images on <laughs> websites. Tell us about what you found out about that. Yeah, I know. And if you go to our website right now, you're going to see one on there. And we're actually, um, well, depending on when you listen to this, because we're getting rid of ours as well. So the sliders are those charming big images that display on the homepage, generally speaking, of a website that slide across the top of your page and have different messages in them. Now, these were great for quite a while, and in fact, they were all the trend. But as we're going into mobile devices and responsive web design to fit into tablets and phones, it's really difficult to use these because they take up the entire real estate or the, the, almost the whole top part of your screen uh, before you know getting to the point. The other thing, too, is there's so many websites using them. Like you were saying before, the trend with social media is all about you know using images, and, mm -hmm. and everyone's using them now, so we're almost numb to it. Mm -hmm. Same with sliders. Everyone's starting to use sliders. They thought, oh, this is a good idea. Everyone's doing it. So, of course, now we've gotten to a saturation point where they're almost annoying and it's been proven using heat maps and tracking on websites that people will just literally scroll straight past them and not even engage with them. It's almost like that old school bling, bling, bling graphic. Here I am. You won. You won. Yeah. You know, animated yeah. thing. I still people see are, those. I still see those. Yeah. And those are not good either, by the way. <laughs> but right. um, when it comes to using sliders start to navigate or I guess move away from using these on your website just start to think in terms of get to the point fast like Andrew was saying in the post you know if you want uh, say a statement ask a question in this case it's just get to the point right up at the top and call to action of your website from there what about um, now you talk about those those bling bling those old ads yeah. that were grey clicky you've won a million trillion dollars um, mm -hmm. and, it's, and click on this button in the next three seconds um, what about flashy sort of things like that what's happening with those yeah. i mean are they out the door completely do you think yeah a couple of things so um again the all the trend for a while there was designing websites in a program called flash which means it had a lot of animations in it so you'd have the fancy intro where your logo comes in and music and just moving bits and pieces of your site and that actually flash doesn't even work on mobile devices. So if you go to somebody's website and it's built out of Flash, it will not even come up on an iPhone, you know, Android, tablet. It will not come up. It cannot display on those devices anymore. So people are moving away from Flash. And part of that as well, I mean, again, the flashy bling bling stuff, it's just annoying to the to the user. So on the I guess on the point of that, you can still have animation in your website, such as sliders and such as moving bits in your, say, widgets or your sidebars or certain parts of your pages. But please use them sparingly because, again, they just de de they detract from the good information that's on your website and they can annoy somebody and the person might just click off. Yeah, crazy. Um, crazy. Once, uh, once Apple decided to uh, say no to Flash, none of, their, mm. none of their devices supported it. I think mm. uh, Flash died in, died in the backside pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, and we've been doing quite a few website conversions from Flash to WordPress as a result because yeah, yeah. it's not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, um, um, on the yeah. died in the back, talking of died in the backside, I know we're coming up to the end of our podcast. There's one mm. one thing that I do want to um, bring up, and that was from from a from a customer of ours actually recently said they wanted to have a specific image because they wanted to show people how to download a file. Um, it was it was a uh, something that happened five years ago, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Those some of those things that have changed. 
Yeah, so there's a couple things with that. If you are offering a download on your website, um, whether it's you know a brochure or an ebook, whether it's just on your website or it's linked from your email, nowadays you do not have to have download Adobe um, Acrobat. Like you said five years ago, it used to be all over the place. It'd say to download this PDF download Adobe Acrobat first if you can't see it. You don't need that anymore because pretty much every computer that's coming out nowadays opens PDFs and mobile devices. It's all built in. So you do not have to have download Adobe Acrobat first in order to download this document. So don't worry about that. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw a site the other day um, that had that and I'm like, oh God, that's so old. <laughs> so old. The rule of thumb is this as well. When you have a a PDF icon on your site or say just an image of your ebook or your report, the cover of it that's actually linked to your download. Um, you can still say to download this, right click on the image below and then hit save as to your hard drive or place on your computer. That's actually starting to go out of fashion as well because most people are just savvy to the point where it says download below they see an image or an icon of a PDF and then they just know to click on it and know what to do. But if you just want to be extra safe, you can say that still down to download save as, you know, below right click save as. And one more point about that, just so you guys know this, your browser, depending on if you're using, you know, Chrome or Firefox or Explorer, your browser engages with those downloads differently. Not only does each browser engage differently, but you can actually, without you knowing, do settings inside your browser and how to engage with that that download. What do I mean by that? Some browsers browsers will automatically just when you click on the icon, download it into some random folder that you don't even know where it goes to. Mm -hmm, yep. Some will open it up in a different tab as actually a web page, and then you have to work out how to click file save as from there. Mm -hmm. It is so varied and so different that this brings me to my last point of this is. In your emails, if you're ever including a PDF document or some sort of download, never link straight to that file from within your email. You must link to web page first. So link to a web page where then the opportunity to download that file is. Because if you do it in your email, a lot of people, like I just said, will click on it and their weird browser will do something weird with the file and then they have they can't even figure out where it went. Uh -huh. They can't even work out how to download it. So just have it on a web page instead and do the whole right-click save as if you really want to be extra, you know, um, layman's about it. Now, if someone wants to see this in action, mm. AYB Guide would be a good place to go. Would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you go to AYB Guide and you can just give us your details, you're going to be taken to the thank you page where on that page is an opportunity to download the file. And yes, it's on a web page and not just in an email. www.ayb autopilot your business, aybguide.com. You will get the download. You'll see how that all works. You won't see a PDF yes. uh, download button to download Adobe Acrobat on that page, we promise. <laughs> you won't. And one more quick thing before we do wrap up. I said earlier I wanted to say a couple more things about browsers. So mm -hmm. I think I'll just share that real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's a tool that we absolutely love and use in our business. And you may or may not need it as just a website owner, but you know, some of you might be interested in it. It's called browserstack.com. And what it allows you to do is 
you basically enter a URL of your choice of any website, whether it's yours or whomever's, and you can see it in any browser, different browser versions. You can see it on iPhones. You can see it on tablets. It's a, a really cool website that allows you to see what your website looks like in multiple settings. So it's amazing. Yes, go on, go on. I'll, I'll jump in in a sec. Sure, sure. So what's cool about that is if you, you know, you have your website now and it's kind of getting dated and you're thinking, I actually don't have an iPhone or, or I don't have an iPad or I, I want to see what users are seeing. You can check it out in browserstack.com. There's loads of other browser checkers out there. It's a great way to start. Um, and, and I guess one rule of thumb is, like I said earlier, all you need to do is have a website that looks good in IE8, Internet Explorer 8 and above. Um, more recent versions of Firefox, Chrome, and Safari. And for those of you that are really picky, there's a browser out there called Opera. And yes, Browser Stack allows you to test in Opera as well. I was going to say, you know, there's a lot of people out there who get their websites done. They may go on Elance or one of those other um, yeah. outsourcing sites and they'll get it done by someone who does it really cheap. And that's all great. Um, but that's an awesome tool to see if the people that are doing your website, if you've got a new website created even, um, chuck your website into there, see what it looks like, and that way you can say, you know what, um, Mr. Smith, who's just built my website, uh, this it doesn't work on Chrome or it doesn't work on IE8, so mm. please fix it up. So um, it's a great way just to check people's work. I'd love it. It is, and then we that's why kind of how we use it. We want to make sure our team's doing good work, so we check it. Awesome. Yeah, um, I think um, we've got a shout-out from somebody too, right? We do, we do. Oh, I love this. Okay, so this is a huge shout-out to Shane Sams in the States from CoachXO.com, which is the Football Coaches Network. Now, Shane wrote in, and this is what he said, I am so glad I found your podcast. You and Andrew are the best on the web, period. Better than <laughs> better than Pat Flynn, better than EO Fire, whatever. Those guys are awesome, but you guys speak to the real internet marketers, not just the people starting out trying to snag affiliate links. I learn something every week with you guys. Wow, 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 Sam. I should say Shane. Sorry, Shane. Thank you so much for doing that and saying that. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. That's that's uh, really cool. So yeah, coach coachxo.com. Go and check it out. The Football Coaches Network. If you are a American football coach, I might add, you should check out that. He's also got his own podcast too. So Check it out. Check it out. Love, uh, love to go and see what he's got to show on his website. Thank you very much. And for those of you listening, we'd love to hear what you think as well. So pop on by autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast and leave us a comment or a review on iTunes or just flick us a little email there from the contact page on our website. We answer them, both of us, ourselves. So we'd love to hear what you have to say and what you think. All right, H. Hopefully you have a good weekend. I know it's getting warm there in um, Sydney town. So uh, very hot. Yeah. Summer. I'm coming into winter. So um, we're changing seasons, and uh, I look forward to doing our next podcast. Me too. Week. All right. Me too. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. See you later. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the internet. 
Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.